You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Welcome to another episode of Lead to Soar. I'm Mel Butcher and I'm joined by Michelle Redfern. Michelle, I'm so happy to be here with you to talk about a really important topic. We're going to get into giving and receiving feedback today. We are indeed. And uh, and I know you've done a fair bit of research on this. And of course, we have our own lived experience about both giving and receiving feedback, which we're going to share as well, aren't we, Mel? Yes, absolutely. So let's start with receiving feedback. And as a woman, what you need to be on the lookout for when you are getting feedback, especially when it comes to review time and things that can have a real impact on your long-term career trajectory, your ability to get a promotion, a raise, etc. So studies have shown us that women actually tend to get more positive feedback than their male counterparts. But the caveat to that is that women are typically getting vague or nebulous feedback. Sometimes they're getting feedback about their personalities. So these vague and personality related things, they don't boost our performance ratings. So when we look at the feedback that men get, it's typically specific, actionable, and tied to business outcomes. So this sets them up to develop as employees and to get promoted. I want to give a couple examples here. So women might be told, for example, you're doing a great job or you've had a great year. The feedback, though, isn't specific to what they've done that's great. So they might not hear how to actually repeat the thing that they've done that's so great. And since it's not tied to a metric, they might not be able to use it to their benefit for a promotion. Another example that hit me like a ton of bricks was the feedback of you need to be more confident which of course is not actionable. It's completely in the eye of the beholder. And it's not something that an individual can directly toggle because it's just the opinion of whoever is giving this feedback. And again, not tied to business outcomes. So I want to bring up that example because it came up in the research. And when I heard that the first time, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been given that feedback three different times. I've had these reviews on three separate occasions where I've gotten this nebulous feedback and I haven't received what I needed to know in order to be able to improve myself and contribute in a more meaningful way at a higher level to the organization. So women, you have to be on the lookout for this. You have to understand this. And Michelle, let's talk about how to manage this. So what I'm really trying to drive home here is that women working for organizations, not everyone, in fact, most people are probably not trained in how to give effective, actionable feedback. So Michelle, when women get this feedback, what do they need to do to manage? So the very first thing is to recognize and accept 
that not all feedback is a gift and not all feedback matters. And in the cases or the, the examples you've provided, Mel, not all feedback is useful or actionable. So the very first thing is to recognise what what is good feedback and who matters. So we we talk in how to network like a boss masterclass about the right others. The right others in your organisation are those strategic others who they're beyond the people who help you get your work done. They're the people inside and outside of your organisation um, who are aligned to your organisations and your own professional goals. And they're the people who can make both of those happen. So number one, we'll figure out who the right others are and seek out feedback from those people. You've hit on a, a, a really interesting point there, Mel, around the skill level of delivering feedback. I guess I get a little bit animated and frustrated that in 2021, we're still talking about what I consider to be very basic leadership skills and the enormous gap. I, I could go down a rabbit hole here about why that happens, but we're not going to do that. So let's let's help the, our listeners, both female and male, get better at both receiving but also giving. So receiving feedback, number one, take notice of feedback from the right others. Now, can I quote Brene Brown in in her book, Daring Greatly? She says, I carry a small sheet of paper in my wallet that has written on it the names of people whose opinions of me matter. To be on that list, you have to love me for my strengths and my struggles. You have to know that I'm trying to be wholehearted, but I still cuss too much. Flip people off under the steering wheel and have both Lawrence Welk and Metallica on my iPod. I think she and I were twins separated at birth. So who are those right others? So when they give you feedback, pay attention to it. Now, if that feedback is not clear enough, if it's not insightful, if it's not actionable, you know, like be more confident. I want you to raise your profile. I want you to get a mentor. Get a mentor. I mean, that's one that really, really drives me nuts because it is so vague. And yeah, sure, you can go get a mentor. But you know what? There's going to be two people in 12 months time who are going, that was a complete waste of time. So if you don't understand the feedback that you've been given, ask for clarity. Specifically ask, okay, so what is the skill development or behavioral change that is required and how is it connected to the work that needs to be done? So push back, but push back in a way that says, I'd like to understand more, please. I I really appreciate that. And I'd like to share something from my own experience. And then maybe you can tell me what you think about this, Michelle. So a while ago at a previous employer, I had an immediate supervisor that gave me some pretty nebulous feedback. And also I was pushing for a promotion. So I got this feedback that I wasn't very happy with. And I said, okay, so I am hearing you. I hear you're telling me X, Y, and Z. And you're telling me that I can't get this promotion right now. Okay, I hear you. I need you to tell me exactly what steps I need to take so that when you and I have a review meeting again in six months, I can be considered for this promotion that I want. What do I need to do to get from here to this next level that I'm pointing at on this piece of paper? And so I bring that up because there are two things that were happening, right? I was pushing that person 
to give me clarity. But at the same time, you know, we might argue like in the end, his his opinion doesn't matter. In that moment, it did matter because they had the authority. Yep. And simultaneously, I realized I'm not going to work for this person forever. And so I was actively creating, cultivating relationships with other people in the organization that had influence that I knew could help me. Mm. What do you think about that? Mel, you have mirrored an example that I had in my leadership journey. And and I'm going to call her out here, Maria Duato, who was a woman in my team who had received her end of year evaluation. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know about Maria. Completely driven is a very tiny human. She's a very, very, very petite, small human, and she's a woman of color. So she's got a lot of stuff. She's not tall. She's softly spoken. She's a woman of color and she's ambitious, very ambitious. And she's in a big corporation that values a very alpha, male, white, cisgendered kind of, you know, persona. So you can see that she's already got cross, cross, cross against, you know, a whole bunch of things. So Maria gets her end of year performance eval. And in those days, or, you know, we did the round table where people are ranked and rated and there's a curve and, and she rated extremely well, but she didn't rate at the top of the tree for the what and the how. So we had a numerical, what you've achieved and uh, an alpha how you achieved it. So the values. And so she came to me for feedback and she said, right, so blah, 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 blah. And I kind of, I don't remember what I said initially, what I rattled off, but she said, okay, let's cut to the chase. My word's not hers because she actually wouldn't speak like that. She said, what is it going to take for me to be a 5A next year? Five being the top of the what's, A being the top of the behaviors. And I thought, what a great question. So we sat down and mapped it out. So instead of just going, well, what you need to do, Maria, is raise your profile. And I said, right, so what we need to do is get you in front of the right people, you know, the decision makers and the decision making process so you get exposure to them. Think about pie. We want you to really understand and talk about the performance of the business and we want to enhance and grow and amplify your image as a leader. Now, I didn't use those words at the time because I didn't know them because that was before I met Susan. But she, like you, said, what is it going to take for me to get there and it made it so easy for me to get specific and timely with her and also to step in. I, I remember just feeling this overwhelming sense of joy that I was asked such a specific question because I knew what to do about it. And then I could take action. And I still consider myself a sponsor of Maria. I would say to anyone right now, still today, you must employ Maria Duato because she is a gun. Do you know what I mean? So this is where pushing back and asking for more specifics, yes, it helps you, but gee whiz, it helps the leader be better as well because she helped me be much, much better. That's excellent. So we're we're going to kind of mirror this, right? This initial part we're talking about being aware of the feedback that you're receiving, pushing for the feedback that you need and deserve to advance, to improve. Let's talk about the flip side of that. So giving feedback. And this is something, again, that people are typically not trained to do well. And it's why we're often given crappy, unuseful feedback. So we've got leaders listening to this, men and women. How can they give effective feedback? Again, what I want to touch on but not go down the rabbit hole of is understand gender dynamics do play a part in this. We know from research that there is sometimes a reluctance for men to give more junior women 
what they would consider harsh or constructive feedback. And, you know, that is programmed into their DNA. You know, if, if you're a man that's been brought up to just say, you know, you've got to treat girls nicely, be respectful to your mom and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that there is some stuff going on there for you. So recognize, am I giving the same constructive, timely, specific feedback to men and women? Am I being equitable? If you're not, work out how you can get over that barrier for yourself. So understand gender dynamics play a part here. The second part is, play back, you know, do a bit of, you know, do a bit of a retrospective um, on your last few one-on-ones or performance evals you've, you've had with people and say, okay, what did I say? And if I received that feedback, would I be able to take action on it? And it may not even be the performance eval. Sometimes it's like, good on you, Mel. Well done. Now, well done's great. Add a girl is great. But what's better is being specific. I'm going to quote from no ceiling, no walls. When we talk about aligning others, so we want to engage the greatness in others. So this is engaging their hearts, their minds and their efforts, but we want to align them towards the business's strategic and financial goals. So, ah, Mel, that was a great suggestion. Thanks. Mel, that suggestion, um, it was Pat in the book, but it's now Mel. Uh, Mel, that suggestion is exactly the kind of solution-oriented proposal that helps us stay on track and ensure that our opening in Asia remains on schedule. Thank you. Or, Tonya, the team needs to hear your ideas. What are your thoughts on how to improve productivity? What's better? Tonya, you have an incredible ability to see creative solutions. The team needs to hear your ideas. What are your thoughts on how to improve productivity. Oh, I love that. It's oh, it's like the art of asking a good question. Yep. Lula, your project management skills are outstanding and that's why you've been chosen to lead the project team. I know you can get it done. Instead, Lula, our customer service strategy rests on completing the call center project on or ahead of schedule. Your project management skills are outstanding and that's why you've been chosen to lead the project team. I know you can get it done. Every single one of those talked about her greatness, her skill, but aligning it towards what the business needs. So we need more than, and I'm quoting from Women at Work, the HBR podcast, and thank you to those ladies because they're a great podcast, more than add a girl. Add a girl. It's a, you know, great. Don't give me any more Atta Girls. I, oh, good on you, Michelle. Well done, Mitch. No, no, tell me what I did and how it helped the business move forward. But the flip side, so that's positive feedback. The flip side is tell me what I didn't do or what I could do more of or less of to help the move the business forward. Please, you know, this is about playing the ball not the person in football parlance. And it also is reminiscent of Susan Colantuno's TED Talk, where she gave that example of working with the executive male leader who had two protégés, a man and a woman. And he said to her that he helped the woman develop confidence. He helped the man learn the business and didn't realize that he was treating them differently. 100%. And that is the gender dynamics. And I want leaders to understand that they do come into play. It happens, right? But recognize it and do something about it because left unchecked or unrecognized, that bias will have consequences for the business. So yes, it'll have consequences for the woman, but the business will no longer be tapping into all of its talent for all of the creativity, the innovation, the getting the work done. Because she's going to be off down some rabbit hole trying to find a mentor. Hang on, Mel, 
forget finding a mentor. I want you to get the call center up and running on time because that's your skill because you're the project manager and we have to have this done or our customers are not going to be able to contact us on time, every time when they want to. That's the stuff we want you to give. Dear listeners, if you are new to Lead to Soar and you're just joining us, we did an entire episode on confidence earlier in the season. So go back and listen to that. We don't want to belabor that here. It is an important topic because it does come up for so many women. But I'll just briefly say that I think for you women out there and also leaders of women, how can women develop confidence? One great way to do that is to be led properly to impact the business in a really great way. What, a, what better way is there in the context of a career to build your confidence? So I'll just leave that there. And, and you know, Mel, this is not optional. Giving feedback is just not an optional part of your leadership. Now, I want to quote another woman who I just admire so much, and she is Australian, Dr. Bridie O'Donnell. Now, Dr. Bridie O'Donnell is a medical doctor. She's also an elite athlete, so she's been a world-class cyclist. She's broken world records. She's led the very first Office of Women's Sport and Recreation here in Victoria, where I live. Now, I had a talk with her once about the mindset of the elite athlete and feedback. And she said, we want women to be able to get the feedback that they need. And what we want to do is have the mindset of the elite athlete. Elite athletes want to be better every single time. And right now, as we're recording this, the Paralympics are on, which are, you know, bloody awesome. That every single one of those athletes is not interested in, oh, be more confident and gee, your uniform's looking nice and wow, I'm so glad you're on the team. No, they're going, how do I hold my arm? How do I tighten the nuts on my wheelchair? How do I run faster, swim faster, throw further? Tell me the the, the one percenters that I need to do to make me even more elite than I am. Think about the elite athlete mindset for both giving and receiving feedback. It's really, really important. So Dr. Bradie O'Donnell, thank you for that that great tip. Michelle, I want to ask you, what do you think about 360 reviews and how can our listeners take the best advantage of those, both from being reviewed and also the leadership side? Figure out the right others. So most times when, so 360s I think are a useful tool in a toolkit of strategies to have a career that soars and to create an organization that can achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes. So yes, there is a place for them. They're not everything. But number one, if you are invited to participate in a 360 and you're the you're the subject of, of that, I want you to really think carefully about who you're inviting to rate you. Now, we can stack the decks and get a really good 360 by going to people we know are going to give us good feedback or positive feedback. But who are the right others? Again, who are those people that really matter uh, in terms of you achieving your professional goals as well as the organization achieving its goals? So be very diligent about selecting your raters. And as a rater, don't hold back. Be specific. Uh, again, you know, just giving everyone nines out of tens and, you know, flicking through and it's just doing an absolute disservice and what a waste of time. What a waste of everyone's time and effort. If she needs to improve, Give her the rating that demonstrates she needs to improve. And if you have the opportunity to provide verbatim comments, provide them. Specific, actionable. So, hey, Michelle, you should improve your attitude. Not specific and not actionable. Michelle, as I got one bit of feedback and listeners have heard this before, 
When you're in a meeting, it is really obvious when you don't like someone or you disagree with them, even before you've opened your mouth, because the look on your face is fairly is fairly telling. What I'd like you to do is work on your game face, because what it does is puts people off and A, they won't bring up things in front of you or B, they're not going to invite you to play. So that was specific feedback for me and, and it was true. And no, I don't have a poker face, but I try to manage it a hell of a lot better. So 360s, be as specific as you can. I want to share a thought that I was just having about something that it's important for everyone to do. But I want to say that I think it's important to get in the habit of doing this when you're earlier in in your career. So you're going to work with a lot of people. And I think it's good to get into a habit of instead of being Instead of waiting to be asked for feedback, when you work with someone who's done a really excellent job, be proactive about reaching out to their manager and giving feedback and saying, hey, I want you to know that I worked with so-and-so. And it doesn't have to be someone junior to you. It can be a peer or even someone superior to you. Give their manager feedback about, hey, this person did XYZ incredibly well. It made my job easier. I'd like to work with them again. I I think that's an important skill that you can start working on kind of day one. Um, We know that that being kind and compassionate and doing nice stuff releases sort of chemicals and endorphins in your body and it it feels good. So I've got a really kind of a random but aligned example this week. So given that we're still in lockdown in in, uh, Australia um, and I am a, I'm an efficiency nerd. So I, I do my grocery shopping online and I do it with one of the major retailers here in Australia. Now I have uh, this week written to that retailer to talk about the delivery person for my, my groceries this week. Really positive. So, and here's how it went. Hi, retailer. I would like to give you some feedback about X who delivered my groceries this week. Number one, he recognized me from the last time that he was here. Number two, the groceries, whilst they were running late, I knew that because he had proactively texted me to say that he was going to be late. Uh, Number three, when I got there, he engaged me in conversation and asked me how I was doing. Number four, my groceries were beautifully packed. The experience I got from your driver, from your delivery person, means that I will continue to use your service uh, as a customer ongoing. Keep up the great work. So that is, you know, as a customer, as as a consumer, as a peer, as a colleague, linking it to, so for them, it's like, well, yeah, we've got a, she's, she's, going to stay with us as a customer because I wanted to I wanted him to get the recognition that he and the experience I have with his colleagues is exemplary and I enjoy it and it makes me not go to the competition simple because they're both the same yeah both our major retailers yeah there's, there's actually no difference they stock the same stuff they do the same stuff but that experience will make me stay. So that's feedback. And that's how easy it can be. Guess what? Feels really nice too. Right. I've got a similar story from this week at work that I'd love to share. So of course, I work in engineering consulting. And in this space, some of the most important people that we have around us are what we call document processing. So folks that help us with any number of things, anything that has uh, words on it, they can help us with, whether it's making it look good or correcting our terrible grammar or helping us reword things to make it more clear. And then, of course, the, the visuals associated with it. So I got to work with a person who's not new to the company, but she was new 
new to me. It was my first time to work with her and she helped me get a couple of deliverables out and she just did all of these things exceptionally. And I wrote a message very similar to the one you just described. I wrote to a couple of the managers and I said, hey, uh, I just got to work with this person and I want to let you know that she did these things above and beyond. She proactively did this. She was thinking about this. She took it upon herself to ensure that the branding of this material looked good. And that was important because this is a new client and we want him to see us as professionals. We want to show up in a good way whenever we give something to them. And it was such a great experience working with her. I'd like to continue to work with her on, you know, all my future document processing needs. And I'm not sure that they'll let me do that, but I think it's important that they know that she went far above and beyond in a way that that helps the business. It helps us deliver in a better way and to develop our reputation. She's contributing to the business outcomes. Absolutely. And, you know, that is something that she will also be able to use to demonstrate or to evidence her contribution when it does come to performance of our time. Or, you know, when someone says, well, can you tell us what you've done for customers? Now, for people who aren't customer facing, this can sometimes be, you know, I'm not running a P&L or part of the P&L business. I'm not customer facing. Crikey, how do I demonstrate my my contribution? This is the stuff that can be very, very useful. Understand how I've contributed to the customer outcomes or one of the, you know, the four key outcomes for the business. So that's awesome. And good feedback. Yeah. And it's important to me too, because I want good people to stick around, right? Don't we all want that? We want good people to stick around and feel valued. And this is an important component of that. Well, you know, it's interesting that you just said that, Mel, because I've just had a, uh, we've just done a poll in uh, in a career that soars. And my my question to our members was, so what would make you leave your job? And uh, the, the, the options were better salary, flexible work, leadership development, feeling valued. And there was one other one. I can't recall it right now. Guess what? Rated number one. The thing that would make me leave my role and go to somewhere else is that I am not feeling valued. Uh, followed relatively well, not even relatively closely, somewhat closely by a lack of leadership development opportunities. Salary has not rated one click yet. Now, this is an anonymous poll. So, you know, people that the women who have voted have said, I want to feel valued overwhelmingly. So there you go. There's there's a data point. Um, it's too easy. And giving good feedback, constructive feedback, feedback that helps her reach her career goals, as well as the organization reach its goals. That's the stuff that makes people feel valued. That's the stuff that engages their hearts, their minds and their efforts. And it's the stuff that's going to keep them in your organization, but as a productive contributing member of the organization. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I believe that most people want to do a good job. They want to do a good job and they want to feel like they're contributing and they want to feel valued, like you just said. I think a lot of times they just need a leader who makes that extra effort to 
to share that they do and that they believe in them. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of, of techniques, you know, I think we've all, we all have the opportunity to get some constructive or corrective feedback from time to time. No person is <clears throat> perfect or infallible. I agree with you, Mel. I fundamentally believe that the vast majority of people do not come to work to do anything but do their, try and do their best. So I think that you know, where, where we're able to say, you know, good job because XYZ, hey, Mel, I really appreciate your efforts in XYZ. What I want you to do more of next time is this. What I want you to do less of is that because that isn't contributing, but this is. So the more of less of technique is I find very, very useful or what makes you great, Mel, is this. What would make you greater is this. What makes our team Fabulous is this. What's going to make it even more fabulous is this, you know, more of, less of, great, greater. So, you know, there's, it's the kiss, kick, kiss kind of method of, you know, kiss, kiss, nice, nice. Okay, now this is what I want you to work on. Follow it up by a, and this is where you're great. So kiss, kick, kiss. I, I don't use that very often because I think we don't want to be talking about kissing and kicking in the workplace, but you get my drift. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Okay, so to recap a little bit here, Part of what we're getting at is that good feedback for you to receive, for you to give. Good feedback is timely, specific, actionable. Michelle, is there anything else that you want to share on this topic? Anything you want us to wrap on? I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, which is great leaders know that giving and receiving feedback is not an optional part of their role. The 21st century leader knows that they are, particularly once you become, you know, you are engaging and aligning others towards the business's strategic and financial goals. This is not optional. So if you're not good at it and you're not comfortable, get good and get comfortable. Excellent. Thank you so much, Michelle, for this great discussion on giving and receiving feedback. My pleasure. Thank you for downloading Lead to Soar. We so appreciate your support in the form of subscribing, rating, and reviewing the Lead to Soar podcast. We especially appreciate when you share Lead to Soar with friends and colleagues. Lead to Soar is hosted and produced by Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher. To get in touch with either, visit michelleredfern.com and melbutcher.com. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Until next time, stay focused and lead on.